Welcome back. This is actually a preview. We have a spoiler card and it's happening before the episode. Spoiler time. Get ready. What? Oh my god, it's all happening. This is so crazy. This is how we're going to do the whole episode. Whoa. No, no, no. That's it. We're done. But guys, get ready. So we got permission from Wizards to spoil our card a week early. Uh, we were supposed to record it next Thursday, but because of reasons that we will soon explain, they get they they said they kind of wanted to do something fun and let us spoil it early. Uh, so we're getting to do that. Our spoiler card is about to happen. Um, so make sure to stay tuned afterwards. There is a ten top ten black cards episode. We go over each of the new mechanics from the new set, but. Right now, spoiler time. Uh, if you want to check out the picture of what the card is, make sure to go to our Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we'll post probably post it on Reddit. It'll be on our Patreon, all those cool places. So go check it out there. But most importantly, get ready. It's time for the Masters of Modern Amiket spoiler. It is. And you know what? Just before you do it, okay. I'm just gonna just this. I know this is right. Just, I know just, people are like, "Come on, man!" You just slow rolled it, everyone. Say. Slow roll hard, but I just want to say really quickly a massive thank you to Wizards of the Coast because we always dreamed as kids of being part of the community who got to break news, refreshing the web pages of like the Chinese translation of some weird comment from the new set. We wanted to know what it was. Like that's the level of fiendishness that we all have for new cards. I know, and we just are so appreciative of the great cards that we're getting to spoil. So this is a really exciting one, and thank you to Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. All right, guess what do you got? All right, so this is it's making history. This is the first time a card that has been printed as a treasure is also a reprint in the set, and that is Avon Mind Sensor. I said it right this time. You said it right this time. <laughs> oh yeah, Massive. this is the third time we've recorded this. I've said the card wrong in that moment every time wrong. I keep saying Avon Mindomancer. It's Mind Sensor. Two one for everyone who don't know what the card does. It is a two one flash flying bird wizard. For one white and two colorless, uh, and it has the ability that opponents, if they were to search their library for a card, they instead only search the top four cards of their library. It is the original Hate Bird, future sight card, probably one of the big uncommon misses from multiple Modern Masters. It's finally here, and it's standard legal. It is moved up to rare, so that's the big new change, is that it is now a rare card. Uh, but it's here, spoiler time, Ava Mind Sensor, get hyped. Sweet. Totally sweet. Yeah, as you said, it's the fir- it's the it was the first hate bird. There's been three, the mo- the best of the three hate birds. Though all three are quite good, really. Yeah, I think does does the one that is uh, prevents end of the battlefield effects is that a flash card also or no? I I don't actually think the other either of the other two are flash. Yeah, I think the flash is like kind of the big one. You kind of need to be able to surprise your opponents with your hate birds, and this one really lets you kind of accomplish that. Yeah. It's cool, too, also what this card being reprinted suggests as far as the sort of bird, totem, god theme of Amoket. I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, we're gonna and, get a, um, I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of, like, creature humans. So we're going to get a cat. You're going to get some cat warriors. We're going to get some alligator warriors. We're going to get some bird warrior wizards. It's going to be sweet. I'm excited. All, all I can keep thinking of, because on Action Movie Anatomy we just did Anaconda, is how he, like, sees the snake, and he's like... And he's like, ancient tribes used to worship anacondas, giant snakes. And there's like a big totem that looks like people worship it. Because John Boyd's awesome in that movie. And I wish, I mean, there won't be snakes because they've done that already. But you say worshiping birds and alligators and like, like warriors. I just think of a giant snake. One, there, there is, there, one of the gods is this giant snake. Really? Yeah, it's a big cobra. So we are going to get that. It's just like an anaconda. Yeah, yeah. No, the movie Anaconda is on Amiket. It's set, that's where it takes place. Sweet. I'm so Spoilers. I'm... Jennifer Lopez is in this set. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Lopez. John Hoyt. Set. 
There's a masterpiece printing of her in Selena. It's in the set. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, man. So many layers. Okay. So thanks, guys, for listening. We have a great episode coming up for you right now. Top 10 black cards. We also go over Amiket's new mechanics. Uh, thanks to, once again to Wizards less spoiling these cards. Fatal Push this. Um, all, all the cards have been really super sweet and modern playable, which is just the perfect because we're a modern podcast. And we thank all you guys fans. Uh, make sure also to, if you're going to the GP this weekend, shout out to Ben. We're doing a cool meetup. I'm not going to be there, but Ben is. I'm in Ohio uh, visiting the place of my birth while Ben is going to go sw- sw- sling some sweet spells. Excuse me, sweet guys. There's, if you go to our Twitter at the MMCast, the correct information for the meetup was just posted like a few hours ago. Yeah, or I guess when you hear this, it'll be yesterday. But um, it's it's a tweet, a quoted tweet that's got the location, the time, and everything. Well, I'm and assuming, if you can't find that. Well, I'm assuming you'll keep tweeting it out day of. So if you're, I will, I if will, you're I will. at I the so, GP, so, so follow either follow me personally then at Ben Bateman Media if you want to like tweet at me and make sure I I see you or hear you because it'll be really fun to meet up and we're gonna have a dinner and hang out and get to chat magic and do all those things. So um, I'm really excited for the tournament. It's gonna be awesome. I may or may not be playing. Avon Mimeomancer, just kidding. Avon Mind Sensor. I'm super jazzed for this tournament. It's going to be amazing. Guys, I can't believe they gave us Avon Mimeomancer for this set. Who would have thought that they put a blue-white one wizard that makes three ones? Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I didn't think that they were going to give us such a sick card. <laughs> it's <laughs> Card is sweet. Card should, yeah, I don't know. All right, Mind Sensor, it's the sweet. best. I know, I, I love Avon Mimeomancer. He's, uh, yeah, he, he, makes, he makes little buddies. He's a three-one yeah. flyer, and he makes other three ones. Everyone's yeah, hanging out. Sweet. Yep, but the card in the set is my mind sensor. Make sure to check it out. The art's really cool, uh, and we'll see you guys after the theme music. Okay, I'm not gonna. Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Moth. So we're down. Music, 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 music. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday morning. Actually, it's not. You're hearing this on Friday, but happy... Or the uh, weekend. Yeah, or the weekend. Yeah. But, but happy this week. I think if you were <laughs> expecting for the Masters of Modern podcast to come out on Mondays every week, you won't be disappointed ever by us. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like this is the process guys we'll explain it very very simply for you and honestly this is going to change very soon but historically the process will work like this alex and i get together on the day of the week that is convenient for both of us to be in the same room because we don't really like to skype record the show even though people do that in podcasting we like to be in the same room together oh yeah totally then we take the sd card and alex takes it and when he has time edits that sd card and sometimes it comes out on time but we also have to send it to the person that manages the server and post the episode and if he's out of town then so there's like three different steps that if anything gets in the way it gets delayed by a day yep. sometimes two which is why if you used to think this came out on tuesdays then wednesdays then thursdays then fridays it's back to mondays we're almost back to the original day yeah yeah there you go if you just kept listening <laughs> to it on mondays you'd be fine <laughs> I, but sooner than later we have big news coming up soon and it's going to eliminate all of this so um it'll be exciting yeah when it happens sweet yep all right so Today we have news because there's some sweet spoilers out for Amoket. We yeah. got uh, we got um and our top ten black cards. We're finishing off the five episodes that we're going to do the top colors episodes. Yeah, we haven't done the these one. in a long time. Oh, we did. We did green in the fall. Really? Yeah. Okay. I just looked through them to make sure we hadn't done black before. This is the only one, and but we still we haven't 
have done all the other four? We haven't done artifacts or lands, right? We've done artifacts. Oh, really? We, oh, we yeah, haven't yeah, done, yeah, yeah. We haven't done enchantment, lands, planeswalkers. We haven't done, like, we haven't, we only did artifacts in our permanent type, like, cycle. Of course we did artifacts, because that's the famous Spellskite episode before you respected the power of the Skite. Yeah. Didn't you have Spellskite at, like, nine? Yeah, I but had I had, like, affinity cards ahead of it. And I had, like, number two or no, something? No, it was, like, five. I think I had, like, number two. You just were mad because I put, like... Ornithopter over Spellskite. <laughs> it's rid- absurd. An absurd. Oh, I think I put Darksteel Citadel over Spellskite. Yeah, Skite. you're ridiculous. Yeah, Darksteel Citadel is sweet. Yeah, it's a good card. It's a good card, but not as good as Spellskite. Um, speaking of which, actually, in my game of Mental Magic on Anchor, even though it was turn four, I cast a Spellskite. <laughs> I had access to four mana and any card in the history of Magic that I wanted to cast, <laughs> but I cast Spellskite. That's so silly <laughs> and wrong. It didn't really go the way that I was hoping it was going to go, <laughs> but I was, in my mind, I was like, ah, I'll set up for some sweet combo here. And like, really, like, Kira seems better in that format. Yeah, but I, it wasn't a creature thing. I, was, I had this idea that I was going to play Delusions of Mediocrity, okay. Delusions of Grandeur, Illusions of Grandeur, and then donate it. Which I still think I could do, except that when you have access to every single removal spell ever, I was like, I'll play Illusions of Grandeur, and then he'll, and he'll hull breach and, <laughs> and just ruin me. Well, I mean, you just gain 20 life and lose 20 life. You just start back where you were. Yeah, but I just lose both my turns because they true. didn't yeah, do anything. double time walked yeah. you. Ooh. Um, so, yeah. So, let's get to news, and then we'll get into the top 10 black cards, and then we'll do our normal top five battle where we all list off what cards should be played and people vote for it. Absolutely. It's always fun to have you guys chime in on this one. So find us on Twitter. We're at the MMCast. I'm Ben Bateman Media. I'm at Kes Wiley. We're at the MMCast, which you said already, and we should go to Collected.Company to check us out and the Command Zone, our sister podcast, who does really sweet content every week, doing Commander content generally, but then they also do a lot of video content on their YouTube channel, and they do stuff with the professor where you know Josh argues with him and they debate over a specific subject matter yep. and just all around awesome content from those guys and then uh, make sure to check out our patreon um it's how ben is going to this gp and it's how we do really anything beyond sitting in these chairs and talking at this and really it's the even that you know these mics have been replaced thanks to the patreon these cables go bad regularly so we have to replace them so there's just an upkeep cost that that helps us pay for and it helps us kind of continue being motivated to do this so we really appreciate it guys um, Without the Patreon, we literally just pay money out of our pockets to show up and record this, which is fun, but it's much more helpful if you guys want to keep listening, if you can throw a buck or two a month to help us do it. Right. It really right. actually keeps we, us in yeah. business. We have 55 Patreons right now, and we love all of them, and we want them to have more friends to hang out with, so you guys should all join as well. Yep. <laughs> um, beyond that... Oh, wait, you have, you have one more thing? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to thank George Ellison. He's our newest patron. Um, he has joined at, at the Swagbox level, which is awesome. We're so excited, and we have an awesome thing we're going to send you. So, George Ellison, thank you so much for the support. You're a, a true badass. Uh, very cool. And uh, we're going to get into our episode now. What, what, what fictional action movie universe does George Ellison belong in? George Ellison. Uh, he probably belongs in Total Recall, it feels okay. like. Okay. Why do you think there's a different one? No, no, that I, you're the action movie expert, so I was gonna. I had no, I had no opinion. You know, speaking of that, actually, later in the episode, we're gonna go to. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about Anchor a little later in the episode, but I, we're gonna do Anchor call the week later. And uh, there was an awesome phone call or call in. It's the way it works that we're gonna play, and I'll explain what it is later. But it just reminded me of it because the action movie thing. Okay. So let's get into our uh, our top ten black cards. No, no, we're doing news. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right. It's yeah, like yeah. the news thing that yeah. like 
Fully. news stations used to do back in the day. Let's just start this over. No, no, no. This is great. Trust me. No, you're going like to have five minutes in. We're fine. Shh. I'm leaving all this in two. You're going right. to so much spoilers. No, 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 no. We're good. One edit. Okay. So, spoilers. The main thing is cycling is back. That's really exciting. I love cycling. I'm going to bring in cycling. And minus one, minus one counters. We haven't been to a minus one, minus one counter set since Scars of Mirrodin. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. I guess you're right. Innistrad was plus one, plus one counters. Uh, Zendikar was plus one. It's not, not Zendikar. Uh, well, Zendikar was plus one, plus one counters. But Innistrad followed by... Um, Ravnica, followed by Theros, followed by Dragons, followed by... Yeah, no, this is the first minus one... This is the first time we're going to have cards printed that say minus one, minus one counters that are standard legal since then. Was the were the last two times they did minus one minus one counters? Lorowin and Scars. Scars. I don't even think it was Lorowin. I think it was Shadowmore Shadow Eventide. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Shadowmore Eventide, and then wow! So only two times in the last decade they've done yeah. it. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, see, that's why I was. I don't think you were like understood why I was like excited about minus one minus one more counters. I like minus they're, one minus one counters. They're the sweeter counters. They do things. Yeah, it's I not still... just like oh, I'm a big beefy creature. It's like oh, I like am paying something for a thing, or I'm making you smaller. You know, this is something that I'm confused about. And, and then maybe and it's possible that there was like an M set that had minus one minus one counters, but I can't think of one. I'm confused about something, and I've always been confused about this. And I think I've even talked about it on here before. Okay. Yeah, but with minus minus one counters, so when you have a minus one minus one counter on something, and then you have mm-hmm. a plus one plus one counter on it, they cancel each other out as a state based action. Yes, which I've never understood because I feel like. You would just have both counters on there. So then, if I had some way to remove a minus one minus one counter, my creature would still it's have a, a plus one plus it's one a, counter. It's on. a confusion. Like the gameplay is better. Yes, that like there's interactions you lose because you do that, but gameplay as a whole is just better. I, I it. get it. Like it's you, but like, like it just you'd have to have two colored dice that are different. What if you have two minus one minus one counters and one plus one plus one counter? How do you know which dice is which? I know. I just for my I I find it's the it, same reason they've like cut out all like. Minus zero, minus one counters, and minus or plus two, plus one counters. It feels confusing, equally confusing in my mind to have it the way that it is because I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I know that I've done this to interact with that thing. There's a single moment where it's confusing versus a continuous moment that's confusing. I mean, it works just fine. I just it's always confused me, and I wonder if anybody listening to this has the same confusion because it it's never made sense. Like, yeah. Anyway. And then cycling, another, I mean, last time cycling was in, in standard was uh, almost a, just a, right in the middle of those two sets that I minus one less counters was Scars Block. Yeah. I or guess. Shards Block. Shards Block. Shards right. and Scars. Shards and Scars. Cause yeah, Shards you had, Shards was before. You had... Um, cycling. Yeah, yeah. And you had you had all the, the land cycling, basic yeah, land yeah. cycling and whatnot. And then you also had regular cycling. Yeah, yeah. Regular, yeah, basically cycling I think was their like advanced version of cycling, kind of like how Mega Morph and... and do you think there's any chance they would reprint either of the enchantments from Onslaught Block, Astral Slide, or the other one, the, the red one? Well, this this demon has like a similar. It's whenever you cycle or discard another card, put a minus one minus one counter on each creature your opponent controls. So I think they'll they're going to have those type of effects. I don't know if they'll go full Astral Slide. What was the the the, the white one was Astral Slide, and the other one was something Rift, right? Wasn't it Lightning Rift? Was that what it was called? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, those are sweet. And then yeah, yeah. and then uh, what was the and the thing that restricted that reduced cycling costs? I don't even know. It was called. I didn't play in that era, so I, I couldn't tell you. I've like played with these cards randomly, and I know them. There's an artifact called. It's called Fluctuator. Fluctuator okay. reduces cycling costs by one or two, I think. Got it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I wonder if they'll bring those cards back. I kind of feel like not because it, it's an issue to have powerful cycling cards like that, where it's like, okay, 
we should just build the cycling deck. Oh, I hope we get a cycling land. Yeah. I hope we just get one. Like, I want Life of the Lone to have a cycling land. I guess we don't have a single cycling land. Yeah, like, I guess I guess they just never gave us any of the cycling lands. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, and, and the, we got a lot of mechanics spoiled today, but we don't know what most of them do. So there's, like, Embalm, which is... On this card, two and a white. I have no idea what it does. <laughs> yeah, embalm. It's like I mean, obviously, it's it's in reference to like some sort of zombie. Not sorry, not zombie. Mummy. Some mummy type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it any? Is it any uh, coincidence? Do you think that the mummy the mummy movie relaunch is going to come out this summer at the, around the same time as Amica? I think that's a total. I think that's like there's like a there's like a long history of recorded moments where pop culture all does the same thing at the same time. Yeah, like it's just like there are moments where this happens. I think it's this is a total coincidence. I think like the vampires on Innistrad becoming popular were were a definitive answer to Twilight and True Blood. Yeah. Um you think the mummy thing is I think the mummy I think this is just total cuz I don't like I'm excited for that movie, don't get me wrong, but I don't think that that it's going to be culturally significant. <laughs> there are there are certain like moments in my life when things happen and it feels like everything lines up just the right way. For instance, Rock of Ages starring Tom Cruise, hair metal and Tom Cruise in the same movie. Yeah, but the movie wasn't good. <laughs> I, it's, it's horrible. I never watched it. I've, only, I've just seen the Tom You're Cruise just scenes on YouTube. That the trailer existed. Yeah, uh, he's great though. Um, but this is another one where I'm going to have a new magic set that is mummy themed, and I'm also going to have Tom Cruise starring in the Mummy movie at the oh, same that's why summer. You're excited about this yeah. movie. I I, I just, forgot. I, that it was Cruise, I rewatched. Didn't you? No, I didn't. I remembered, but now I'm like putting it all together. <laughs> you Brendan, look so Brendan, disappointed. <laughs> Brendan Fraser is just. The perfect. You know that they're not related at all, right? Yeah, no, they have nothing to do with this. No, no, no. this mummy is actually related to Dracula Untold, yes. that terrible movie from two years ago. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, they're was... making the movie monster universe. Yeah, so it's not a remake of the universe. Yeah, yeah. There's like ten Power Rangers cycled out. They like already have like six Godzilla movies to go past King Skull, Kong Skull Island, King like. Skull. Uh, but yeah, uh, beyond those. Oh yeah, other abilities. There's this dragon has an ability on it, or is it? Let it's called it. exert. Exert. And what what do you think the exert thing is? Well, all right. So his he the card reads red, red, and three for a four four flying haste. Um, that when it enters the battlefield, you may exert, and or maybe when it attacks, when it attacks you, you may exert. And if you do, um, it deals four damage to target non dragon creature your opponent controls. Correct. So. Um, I believe that exert the way that reads. They haven't explained it, but I think there's a couple options. The most likely is that exert means the creature doesn't untap during your next untap step. I think that like it feels flavor wise like the most understandable, easy to get. It feels like exhaust, which is kind of a close theme to exert. I'm so tired. Ugh. Yeah, I I had to punch this guy. I'm gonna nap. Yeah, like the dragon is like a dragon fire. Yeah, he's on a pyramid. The other one that I would, the other one that I can think of is exert as a keyword. The single word of exert is sacrifice a land. Um, that would also feel red and dragony. Oh yeah, so, I can see. Yeah, when you attack, you can sack a land if you do do four damage. Yeah, that seems pretty powerful, but it also seems like I like that. I like that more than just doesn't untap. Me too. Yeah, that's the, a cool. Like you can do cooler things with it. Yeah, because the other ones, the other ones that it would likely be, which would be minus def- one, minus yeah. one counters, which is in the set. It could be minus one, minus one counters. Like, but oh, I don't put a minus one, minus one counter on this creature, or maybe two. I mean, or something. It won't be sacrifice creatures. That makes sense. That means you only get like three effects on that. Off yeah, of it. it won't be sacrifice creatures because that's too close to devour that's for dragons. Too, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's probably the the stays tapped thing. But the the land thing would be cool if exert meant sack a land. That'd be yeah. that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, and then giant spiders back. 
Woo! Actual giant spider? Actual giant spider. Okay, sweet. And uh, also, Gravedigger's back. Woo! Yeah. You know what my favorite, uh, do you th- think of giant spider just now when you said it? I remember we did a chaos draft a couple years ago with Josh and Jimmy. Uh-huh. And I remember um, opening a the plane like, shift pack. Oh, uh, okay. And I think that I opened ancient spider, the rare, which is funny that it's only a little bit more powerful than uh, giant spider. Yeah, but like, but like for limited, it was so sweet. Like yeah. ancient spider. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's green, white, two for a two five first strike reach. That's a sweet limited card. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. Yeah, it's a lot better than Giant Spider, actually. But it has first strike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a 2-5. Um, anyway. It's slightly better than Giant Spider in every way. Yeah, it's a rare. Yeah. <laughs> Giant Spider's a common printed like yeah, nine yeah. times. Uh, more than that. Yeah, a lot of It and Giant Growth were in that like neck and neck race to see who got printed the most times in a core set. And then they stopped printing either of them? Yeah, I wish they Like, in hindsight, I think Wizards should have made sure one stayed in through every core set. I think so. Yeah, I think the so. The fact I, that they didn't have one in every one makes me sad now. Yeah, there's some of the rebranding with the with the effective reprints that also makes me a little unhappy. I know the reason, like Elvish Mystic, for instance. I know why that's not Lanner Elf anymore. But well, yeah, because plural one's plural and one's not. Yeah, I know. It's just like still. I do think Grizzly Bear is cooler than Rune Claw Bear. Yeah, right. Grizzly yeah. Bear. Yeah. The magicifying things I, I like less than I like the, like, oh, logically there should only be one elf on yeah. this card. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much what's yeah. going on as far as the spoilers go. We'll, we'll get more into spoilers in, in subsequent episodes. Yeah, but, totally. Um, Time for our top 10 black cards. And our top 10 black cards is brought to you by Anchor, the new app which <laughs> combines Twitter and podcasting. Short form audio bits sharing on one subject daily for 10 minutes or less. I have a show called 10 Minutes of Magic on Anchor. as another one called Fist Pump Film Club. Um, I'm debating. Actually, I would love to hear what people of our audience think, if I were to start an Anchor show, what it should be. Yeah, I don't. Kessler doesn't want to do a magic show. He always wants to do something else. Hey, we have a magic show. Yeah, and then you true. already are doing a magic show that I can guest on whenever I feel like it because yeah, I can true. call in and yell at you on it. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun, guys. I'm playing a game of like basically an extended game of mental magic over Anchor right now with one of our listeners, Brandon S. Russell. That's been really fun. Um, it's a super cool app. I'm just talking about anything and everything magic related. So if you call in and give me ideas, I will share your ideas. Um, so anyway, that is who brings us the top 10. Let's get into our top 10, starting with number 10. All right, I'm going to start because you, you launched it. My number 10, and it's number 10. It could be, it's probably more powerful than number 10, but I'm putting it at number 10 because it's kind of a colorless card, and that's Dismember. Okay, major top 10. Yeah, minus five, minus five to a creature. You can pay four life to make it cost one mana. You can pay two life to make it cost a black and a colorless, or you can pay no life and make it three and a, three and a colorless. Just a instant all-around, one of the best removal spells in the format as Ben hits his head on the mic. Trying to get water, and <laughs> this has been a fun episode. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I like I thought about it. There are so many decks that require this to be in their deck to kind of like work. Even Merfolk needs to play this. And until Fatal Push, this was the best black removal spell in the format. The irony of this being on your list, and spoiler alert, not mine, <laughs> is just it's it's over the top because a you've made the argument to me nine thousand times that this is not a black card that's the first thing you always tell me that it's not it's not but, but where else are we going to put in our top 10 list but I it, is a, it is a top 50 card i'm not saying yeah. you're wrong i'm just saying it's ironic um secondly i've also been the one who's included this in list after list and you always tell me that it's not good enough and should be something else this is like what happens every time i try to put it's this time. on a list it's time to be there it's time <laughs> so. it's time to be there this is, a, this is a modern format where life paying is more important yeah. than it used to be. So, all right. Now, my number 10 is going to be Collective Brutality. Newer card. A uh, card that when it first showed up, 
we really were pretty convinced that it was good, but I don't think either of us was convinced that it was good the level that it's now been showing up. Collective Brutality has become like pretty ubiquitous, I think, in black decks. It seems to be a two of in like almost yeah. every deck that plays black. I'm disappointed in myself because it does a lot of things that I love, Yeah, which is I can discard Lingering Souls and then cast it. It's just really good. I mean, I, I knew that from the time that it was printed <laughs> that it was going to be great because you can get so much value. I mean, look, we say it every single time we get into the conversation about cheating costs. Uh, every I just did a blurb this morning on Anchor about cheating costs and how powerful it is. That's like it comes up all the time. Whenever you can do something without paying mana, you can find a way to do it without paying mana, and it's powerful. It's a good thing, and that's exactly what this card allows you to do. Yep, I agree. So yeah, I think collective brutality is super strong. Yeah, uh, going into number nine, I am seeing my number four, and I'm seeing your reaction to it in my head, and it's going to be great. But number nine, Death Shadow. <laughs> Okay, that's your number nine, huh? Yeah, I, I think, yes, this card might be able to be higher if it was as format-defining uh, <laughs> every time. Uh, Format-defining as it is right now, but for a longer period. But right now, it's 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 only been really a, a, a real card for the last year and a half. Um, but beyond that, it's really strong, obviously super powerful, obviously deserves a top 10 spot. Um, it does a really original thing, and I, yeah, I definitely am a fan. It's a little higher on my list, um, so I will share all of my thoughts on Death Shadow when we get there, but okay. I agree. I think it's it's definitely interesting. Look, we've had this conversation every time we do a top 10, because there's two ways you can look at the list. You can look at intrinsic power level, where you're like, okay, how good is this card on stats? Like, how actually just good is this card by rate? Mm-hmm. And then you can look at, okay, what's the place in the format? Sure. How dominant is the card? And how historically important it is. Which I, is I, I like also to add that to a little bit of relevance. Yeah, which is why like when we just referenced the Artifact episode, Darksteel Citadel is a very high card for you. It's an Artifact land, but it's a very important card in a lot of decks. Right. And, so. and like and like even taking historic, like Artifact lands in general are obviously very powerful. Five right. of them are banned. There's only one left. <laughs> Ornithopter is on the list. So anyways. <laughs> Ornithopter is... <laughs> You and all those guys who are like, why is there an Ornithopter masterpiece? It's like 60 bucks now, and I should have bought like 30 of them when they were 30. <laughs> oh, it really doubled? Yeah. Um, all right, my, um, my number nine is Ad Nauseam. Okay. Um, so there was the conversation was this and Living End. Were like, where would they fit on the list in my mind? Um, and I ended up deciding to put Ad Nauseam at nine because... It's a very unique effect. Um, it does something good. It does something... It is, is the only card in the format that really does what it does or can like can accomplish the thing that it accomplishes. Yeah, I mean, you can sort of... Every time you look at a format, you can scour you can scour the format and you can find what are the things that are the most uniquely powerful. There's a couple of reasons that I think Ad Nauseam stands out to me. One, Ad Nauseam is not cheated into play and it costs five mana. Like, this is a card that costs five, and people play it in modern as, like, a real thing they're trying to do. It's not like Living End, where Living End is essentially a three-drop in your deck. I mean, this is a five-mana combo spell, but people still play this as a win condition. Not even Scapeshift, which is a four-mana... Well, it's not a four-mana combo spell. It's really a seven-mana combo spell, but it's not because of all the ramp. Um, Ad Nauseam is a five-mana spell that you're trying to accelerate into in the same way you are with Scapeshift, but you're never casting it for two. It's right. actually a five drop that you have to build your deck around casting a five drop. If you can't cast a five drop, you can't win. So I think it's interesting. It, it is really powerful, and it's uniquely... I mean, it single-handedly is the only argument I hear from people that should allow Simeon Spirit Guide to stay in the format. I think Ad Nauseam as a deck existing is really cool. I love that Ad Nauseam is a real deck in the format. Um, and that deck doesn't work without Simeon Spirit, Simeon Spirit Guide. Like right. It just is a deck that will die. Uh, which would be really sad because I like this deck in the format. Like everywhere else, Simeon Spirit Guide does something that like is degenerate or just does something that makes that deck unfair. But right here, I think is the perfect place for it. Yeah, I would agree. So that is my number nine. Yes. All right. 
My number nine, which is on the other side of the No, no, you already did your number nine. Oh, my number eight. Yeah, cool. I would have figured it out. Don't worry. <laughs> number eight. Uh, this is a, a combo combo section. So generally, if you guys don't know, we sometimes combine multiple cards that are very, very similar because it makes this episode way better than us just doing like six different versions. Every fetch land is in the best five lands. Right. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. So Gurbag Angler and Tassiger oh, are wow. together. This is all number eight for you, huh? Yeah. I mean, they're, like, they're just big beaters. Like I think if they didn't exist in the format... Maybe Gurmag like decks that play Gurmag Angler would be a little bit worse, but like I think decks would find other cards that kind of accomplish these goals. They're obviously very powerful. They're one mana five fives or four fives. Uh very good. I've played Tassiger a significant amount in this format. Um Tassiger single handedly made uh Dark Confidant worse <laughs> in yeah. the format. Uh Delve is obviously super powerful, and these are I think currently the best things you can do in Delve now that Gitaxian Probe is gone and Giving plus six plus six is less common than it used to be, but yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. Very, again, they're very good. I have them combined. Also, they're a little higher on my list, so I will just to rant and share my thoughts till I get there. Yep. But I hear you. I, I mean, in Gurmag Angler single handedly put uh, Mister's Bobble on the map. Yeah. Uh, uh, Patrick Chapin took that Esper Gurmag Angler deck to the Pro Tour after right after the um, Birthing Pod ban. Yeah. And like people were like really that card, and now it's a sixty dollar card. Again, <laughs> like looking back at Mistress Bobble, I'm just like I I kick myself because I'm like okay, let's just be real here. Let's like, like let's consider all of the variables. This I found my printed, play set. This is printed nice. in a bad set. A very, very like short print run bad set. I, and it's a free way to draw a card. It's I, a free car- draw a card. Yeah. How, if it's like, why was that not more obvious? We should have bought a hundred of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. As soon as Patrick Chapin pointed it out, everyone was like, oh, I should buy them. So I bought five for like $3. And then it's just like, yeah. it's a good decision. Yeah. I might, be, I might be taking those yeah. this weekend. Anytime so. Patrick Chapin points at a card from. Uh, an old set? No, what's the set called? Oh, Cold Snap? Cold Snap. We should what probably... What was the other one? Oh, no, that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> <Okay>. the one. <laughs> Next to when he's like, buy La Visa Cold Eyes or yeah. something like that? Uh, during, during my uh, uh, Mad Magic days, yeah. I definitely recommended buying the 4-4 for two in white that... Uh, Joe Tun Grunt. Yeah, Joe Tun Grunt. And yeah. like, it went up like $2. Yeah. <laughs> that card's not good. I took that to a GP. It was really sad. Yeah. I, that, there's there's places to play Joe Tun Grunt. But well, a 4-4... In, in your sideboard, not your main deck. A 4-4 for two is just not that good. They've just yeah. like, they started pushing rate like so much. It's like white Tarmogoyf, guys. No, I know. Well, that's the whole conversation that we've had with with uh, with um, Hunted Horror, which sadly is not on my top ten list. Like Hunted Horror, a seven seven trample for two when you have to like work really hard to make him not have tokens is not very good when Death Shadow is yeah just <laughs> way bigger for smaller. And like so. the things that you do to make Death Shadow bigger are way more beneficial yeah. towards you yeah. than like. Engineer explosives. <laughs> so speaking Which of Death best. Shadow, my yeah. number eight is Street Wraith. Um, Street, I know. Street Wraith. I love Street Wraith. Yeah, it's the it's the five mana Swamp Walk three four. It's kind of your dismember because he's kind of a yeah for pay two life. And, How many and, times does he? Oh, people cast Street Wraith. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 definitely. It's, I mean, really, it's not a black card because it's not cast ninety five percent of the time. But people have cast it. People have cast it in one in in living. That's fear that though, right? No, Swamp Walk. Uh, Swamp Walk. That's um, still pretty black. I would get, I would like in play it's a pretty black card. Yeah, it's definitely a much, much, much more important card now that Gitaxi and Probe's not in the format. I don't know yeah. if this would have made my top ten, probably if Probe was still legal, because I think you would always because choose Because there's to, only like this and Mishra Bobbles are the only effects and like the life pay is really important. Here. You would choose to play Probe over this card. So it would I think that this card is very important and also like Yes, it shows up as a Lynchman card in Death Shadow Jun, and it also shows up as a Lynchman card in Living End. 
it's a free way to draw a card early. I mean, not free, but it's two life to fill your graveyard. There's a lot right. of things in the format that want to do that. So it wouldn't surprise me if in someone's brew, this become this is an important card. Like yeah. I don't think that that's yeah. unreasonable. So that's my number eight. All right. My number seven, mm-hmm. Gorya's Vengeance. Okay, Gorya's Vengeance. Yeah. Missed the list for me. I feel like Ad Nauseam missed my list. It was actually originally in my five cards that are we should like battle off. Yeah. I said I had one like defining deck card and it's and no longer on that list because yeah, okay. you got to say it, which good. was good because yeah. I don't like Excellent. Yeah, better. Uh yeah, number seven, Gore's Budgets. This is uh the best reanimator spell in the format. Yeah. Um and, and for those who don't know, uh we don't p- include the flashback cards. So like Lingering Souls wasn't in our top five white cards, even though it's obviously probably the top three white cards in the format. Yeah. Um, so Unbearer Rights won't be in this. So Unbearer Rights isn't in this in this episode. We'll eventually do a and probably maybe we should do that next, like top five cards that couldn't be included in our top ten like color not list. Quite, not quite not, multicolor cards. Yeah, not gold cards, but not yeah, like weird yeah. on the edge things like Dismember f- would maybe have fit on that list. I like, feel like we put Birthing Pot as the best artifact, and we did artifacts. Yeah, but that's fair because there's a no great artifact. artifact is a yeah, yeah different than yeah. color. Um, um, yes, I I agree with you. Gorgos Engine is a weird one though because it's not a traditional like, sure. reanimator spell. It's yeah, you have to do it with either Emrakul or Crystal <laughs> Crystal and not only that, but uh, or or a Burgamos. It has to be like those are the three main ones, and all of them are insanely powerful to do it with. Well, the most important thing about it though is the difference is it's one of the few reanimator spells that's an instant, but right. also it's important that it's an instant because it can target Emrakul when Emrakul has his reshuffle trigger yes. on the stack. Yeah. So that's a very 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 specific interaction that's not normal. Um, oh yeah, well I mean the other thing like the Goro's Vengeance decks all kill that turn. Right, like that's kind of the point of what those decks do. It's one of the reasons they're not probably getting cards banned is because it's like a very specific moment that's a little glass candy and can lose to itself. Well, it's also so specific too because, like, take for instance the Protean Hulk decks. Right, the Protean Hulk decks can't play this card because it's not legendary, so they have to play Footsteps of the Goryeo. Yes, yes, um, yeah. It's it's, it's interesting. Oh, I mean, yeah, it, it puts a really unique restriction. You have at least two decks, if not three decks, that that are are built off of it. You have the Grishel Band, Grishel Brand decks. You yeah. Have, just straight up Gorya's Vengeance Reanimator and Black Red, and then you have the Grixis variant of that that plays Jace. Um, yeah, which so like, doesn't see as much plays. No, no, that's probably the third, the least played of those three. Yeah. I think Grishul Brand is the best of those three, but it's slightly less consistent. It loses to itself more. The fact that while... it hasn't been banned yet is impressive because it's very fast. Yeah, and, and that's one, like, this is one of the decks that, like, Simeon Spirit Guide is more likely to be banned out of the format yeah. than necessarily this card, I think, before, because I think this deck is now a turn three deck at best. Maybe, tur- like, there's always the turn two of, like, Umbeo writes Grizzlebrand, turn two this, and then, like, the yeah. two Furias of the Horde where you get the attack twice. The old school one, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, the originalist that isn't played very much anymore. Yeah, but Fury um, of the Horde, guess what's that Fury of the Horde's from? Cold Snap. Cold Snap. You should probably buy Fury of the Hordes. Yeah. It's a, it's a free attack step, right? Yeah. That's insane. It'll show up again. Yeah, that's a... Spec card right there. Yeah, All right. The what's, your, what's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is Stinkweed Imp. Oh, he's not on my list. This is that. Mostly because you said you were going to put it on your that's list. That's the irony. That's the true <laughs> irony. Uh, Stinkweed Imp, one black, two colorless, one, two flying death touch, right? Yeah. I think Dredge five. It, might be other, <laughs> it might be the... Of all of the black creatures in modern, the one I've cast the most. Yeah. I mean, look. <laughs> Stinkweed Which Imp, is surprising because you're not supposed to cast it. Again, Stinkweed Imp would not be on this list. This is the funny part. So Stinkweed Imp, in, if we had done top 10 black cards 18 months ago, Stinkweed Imp would not have been on the list. Correct. Right? Because And then they unbanned Grave Troll and printed cards to make Dredge sweet, so yep. then it became a good deck. But then they banned Grave Troll because right. there was new cards that make it sweet. 
But now Stinkweed Imp is on the list because Dredge is good, so now you have to play it because Dredge is good. Yeah. So Stinkweed Imp becomes it's a Dredge five. I mean, I could have. By the way, not, Dredge is still good. Yeah. Anyone who thinks it's not, you're wrong. I didn't say any of the other stats on that card. It's just Dredge five. Really, is the no. only reason. Whoa, that whoa, it's important. whoa, whoa, whoa! You it's, think the Death Touch is important? Yeah, I think it's the best blocker in modern. <laughs> Spell Scout would have something to say about that. No, this is better than Spell Scout at blocking. Period. Spell Scout costs two. It has this a better has ability. Flying. And it, it comes back. <laughs> how yeah. many? How many three threes are on the ground? You're blocking one. Agree to one. agree to disagree. What What does spell sky block that it doesn't die to? Uh, goblin guide. Sure. Wild Nacatl. Sure. So you have uh, one deck. <laughs> some other stuff. How many flyers are in this format that you need to block? All the affinity. All the we effect. have limited time on this <laughs> episode, Alex. Let's keep going. <laughs> all right, my number six. I, all I'm saying is I, I'm, I'm a big fan of your card that I didn't put on my list. You should have taken Dismember. I should have taken that. This, yeah. is, a, this is a travesty. Number six, Grizzlebrand, the biggest, oh, second wow. best reanimator okay. card in the format. That's, uh, a, that's, a, that's a good one. I didn't put Chris one on my list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's really good. He's like the best reanimator. Other than Emrakul, which doesn't count, he's like he is the best thing to reanimate in Magic history. I asked... Because, um, like, Emrakul is the best thing to cheat in the play, and reanimate is a way to do that, and in modern, both of those get cheated in with... Uh, I just said Corey's Vengeance. Yes. But uh, Grizzlebrand specifically, in every format, is the best thing possible to reanimate. Because he, he stays in your graveyard. He hangs out there. He's I, like, I've been up, coming bro? with brewing ideas all week, and I ran across the possibility of, you know, people are people are doing that Kari Zevs thing with Breaking Entering. Yeah, I love and, Breaking Entering. And, and sweet. And cool <laughs> and all that. And so I started thinking about, like, okay, what are the best creatures ever printed? So then I asked the question on Anchor to, to my listeners. Yeah. I had a few people call in, and, and I was curious, like, what people had to say. Um, it was interesting. One guy called in and said, while he understood that Emrakul is, yes, of course, pound for pound, the most powerful creature ever printed, because I was like, is Grizzlebrand number two? Where, like, What are the other ones you guys would put up there? And he was like, you know, I think that in a vacuum, Deathrite Shaman's more powerful than Emrakul because it's a better it's a better card in almost every deck it's in. Sure. And it's it does more right away. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, I agree. I, I, well, yeah, I think you have to take utility out of this conversation. Yeah. Like, this is the, the I have a favorite podcast, The Weekly Planet, that everyone should listen to. Uh, they're good. They're Australian and they do comic book movie stuff. But, uh, they do a like superhero or like k- fictional character battle off where, but like you have to put them in. They're both are in a football stadium, football field with nothing else around them, and yeah. who would win in a fight? Okay. Um, and I think on that in that specific contest, if if Grizzlebrand was fighting Deathrite Shaman in a football field, I'm pretty sure Grizzlebrand wins. It would be like it would be like we, it would be like Arya Stark fighting the mountain, and we would all be like, "Oh yeah, Arya, she's got a good slice on the ankle there. She looks that's really impressive. She's jumping on his back, and then he would just like grab her in his hand and just like crush her in the ground. And you'd be like, "Oh, that wasn't very fun." I think Arya Stark could take on the mountain. I think actually that's a really interesting fight that we shouldn't do on this <laughs> podcast, but. Maybe at the end. Okay. I mean, okay. Let's, let's let's continue. It would be like it would be like Braun. Like he'd be like he'd be like sitting there like ah, I'm gonna get a wolf. And I think you're dead. I think I think <laughs> it's more like it's like Bran versus the mountain, where it's like is that what I just said, Braun. Oh oh oh. But, uh, Bran. Okay. Bran is Bran. Bra- there's a that would be completely fine if there wasn't a Braun. This episode is weird. I just corrected on how to say something to you. Yeah. <laughs> but there is like there Braun is is uh, Tyrion's like best buddy. 
Oh, right. Braun. Yeah, you're right. Brand. I was trying to say brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get off the game. (laughs) So Grizzle Brand, speaking of brands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pay seven life, draw a bunch of cards. This is literally one of the best cards ever printed. I like, I don't know how not to put it on the list. Yeah, it's really powerful. Um, And there's more things to do with it, like because of the... The fact that he doesn't shuffle into your graveyard like Emrakul, which I would say is the reason he's better than Emrakul, is you can do more with him. He's a more versatile, insane thing to cheat in the play. Yeah, I think, I mean, look, Gristlebrand doesn't, he doesn't register for me as a black card because, again, you're never paying him, you're never playing him he's for got black mana. Four black mana symbols no, in I, I hear you, and I don't think what you're putting on your list is wrong. It's just like <laughs> it didn't register for me because it, I'm never casting that card sure. for black mana. Fair enough. I'm using a different effect to get it into play. So okay. it could just as easily be four green and do something amazing. And I would be using a black card to get into play. Gorya's Vengeance to okay. me is the correct card to make Grizzleband the card. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I get you. So um, my number six is Death's Shadow. Okay. Which we talked about already. Never heard of that card. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Death's Shadow, the reason I decided to put it on here, because we, what we said was true, which is that it is only a player in the format like for the last like year, year and a half. But I don't think that Death's Shadow couldn't have been good before. I think people well, just ever, only yeah, figured it out. Corey kind of. I think Corey said on the podcast is like this has probably been the best deck for a long time. Yeah, just no one had put it together, and people just figured it out. And when you look at Death's Shadow, it's like it is, which is like my favorite thing about this format. Like the uh, Amulet Bloom is yeah. the exact same kind of deck where it's like there was no new card printed to make Amulet Bloom good when it started doing well. It yeah. just like no one that was good enough took it far enough yeah. until that moment yeah completely and death shadow to me is like if you look what modern has become yeah it does make sense because you know something we always talk about is how effects that target deck and player like if you focus on someone's life total or you focus on what's like in someone's deck you're not affecting a zone that matters until that zone's at zero so death shadow is the ultimate card to take advantage of the fact that yeah. if someone's focusing on your life total unless they're prepared to kill you you can just you can just start at eight life. You don't really care as long as you're going to win the game by controlling the game. Right. And and the fact that red blue decks have kind of really fallen out of favor, other than Corey Burkhart, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, makes it so I think Death Shadow decks can survive. Like if Snapbolt Snap was still a thing that was everywhere, like yeah. Splinterton was still the best deck in the format, this deck couldn't exist. But with blue and red decks no longer being best buds, you have this, ex- which I think is a, not, maybe not even a good thing, but the fact that that's true makes this deck so much better. Also, like, just think about it. Tarmogoyf gets better the more things you have in your graveyard. And Death Shadow wants you to put things in your graveyard, and you can put things in your graveyard by paying life. And they're on curve at one and two. Yep. It, and you pay life with your lands to fix your colors. It's like... Well, this is a, this is a 15 life format anyways. Yeah, it's it's pretty silly. I think this deck plays like 19 lands or something. Or yeah. 18 lands. Well, that's why, like, you know, we've... In your brewing, and like my yeah. my encouragement this whole time is you should just take Merfolk to the GP. Yeah, we're not gonna spoil what you might take, but yeah, you should just take Merfolk. Uh, just because Spring Seas is so good against Death Shadow, like, it's really good. Like they only have nineteen lands, and all of their cards are one mana. So yeah. like if you can just cut them off of black, they like can't do anything. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that was your number six. Yep. Uh, we're on to number five. Mm-hmm. Nine. Number five. New. New to the format. Uh, our spoiler card, which uh, you know was pretty great, Fatal Push, third okay. best removal spell in the format. This is your number five. This is my number five. So I'm just gonna say this is my number four. Okay, just because cool. we're we're next to each other now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is, makes me feel like our top five here is gonna be pretty. Uh, my four <laughs> is gonna throw you. Yeah. If you have my number four and as your number four, I would like, I'll I'll give you five dollars. <laughs> I don't believe it. So uh, 
So Fatal Flush, one mana uh, to destroy a creature of two or less, or Revolt, you can do a four or less. Yeah, Fatal Flush is really powerful. Yeah. It's um, it's really a still it's still a newer player, so we haven't really seen the format fully adapt to it yet. Yeah, but I think the last modern big modern tournament it was the one of the most played cards, if yeah. not the most oh, played card in the format. It's crazy already. Yeah. It's already like the it's already like the sixth most played card in modern or something. Yeah. Um, and it's it's powerful. Look, a really good removal spell in black. That's that's not. Well, it is conditional, but only part of it's conditional. Yep. So the fact that it has a non-conditional cost that gets rid of most of the best things is... Yeah. I mean, this card's right up there. It probably should be higher on my list than it is. We're probably not even giving it credit it's yet. It's too new. It's kind of like, like I had someone tell... Like, you're, you're, you're saying that Logan is your favorite superhero movie of all time. Well, or someone recently told me that uh, Legend of Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild is the best Zelda game ever created. And, like... Those two statements both could be totally true. So I need a year before I'm willing to say that. Something I need to clarify. Yeah. I did say that I think it's Behind the Dark Knight as my favorite of all time. Fair, fair, fair. But uh, one thing I will say, and this is just a shameless plug again, but this is a conversation I've been having for the last 72 hours, and I know you'd be into this. Um, The conversation of top 50 movies of all time, your 50 favorite movies ever made. Um, I've been having this conversation a lot because if you don't have to include Citizen Kane and every great movie ever on your list, let's well, say truly, favorite, not best. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to make your top 50 list. Um, then you do have to start considering, okay, what were the movies that I liked the most? And I started making the list, right? I started listing sure. it out and I, I stopped in the low seventies before I was like, okay, I'm going to now have to really just take a couple days to think about what I missed here. Yeah. Um, and Logan was in my list, but something I decided was I'm going to premiere this on Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to have a segment on my show, Fist Pump Film Club, called Top 50 Tuesday, and I'm going to start counting backwards. It's my 50th movie, and I'm going to do one a week for 50 weeks. But I'm not okay. going to include any movies on that list that have not been out for at least one year. Yeah, so I agree with that. Logan statement. and La La Land would both make it for me, and they both are going to have to be suspended because I don't think it's fair to put a movie that high when it hasn't had the time to digest. There are a ton of movies that I walked out of the theater and be like, oh, man, I love this movie. This is one of my favorite movies now. And then, like, didn't buy the DVD when it came out, never watched it again, kind of forgot it existed. So, like, there, like Breath of the Wild is an achievement in game making. Logan is an achievement in superhero filmmaking. There's filmmaking, period. In filmmaking, so period. Good. You know, I would watch The Professor and, Lo- and, and, and Logan just on a road show forever. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, like, similar to Game of Thrones, I'd watch Arya and the Hound just yeah. murdering people for days. <laughs> but I can't, I, I need more than a year. That's why I think the Academy Award should award the year before, but I don't think that's, that, right. that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Fatal Push is lower on my list right now because of that, but I think it could be higher. Well, it's uh, four for we, me. Yeah, yeah, I think it could be higher if it is, it could be number one. So my path, number f- path and lightning bolt, I think, were our number one white and red cards. So yeah. I, I can see fatal push moving up there fully. So my number five is Tasker Gurmag Angler. Okay. Okay. Um, which yeah, again, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so excited. So I think, <laughs> so I, I think like Tasker Gurmag Angler, the reason that they are so high for me, they're a little lower for you, is that they're like, does their cards that are designed to be good in modern, like they're made, they are made to be the best threats you can play in black. Because think about it. Again, the format is so entirely built on filling your graveyard. Like That's what the format does. And the format wants you to have more than three toughness. So like these cards are picture perfect. And, they, and the format wants you to be able to play multiple colors. These cost a single black. They allow you to take advantage of something you're already doing, which is filling your graveyard. And they survive Lightning Bolt. And one of them, on top of all of those things, also has card selection yeah, attached on his body. Like, Tasker is such a busted card. That card is so good. Yeah. Um, 
I don't I know. They're just and and like the fact that they also survive fatal push. Um, I mean, they're just good. Yeah, they're yeah, no, really they're totally good. good. I, I don't disagree. I mean, they're on my top ten. Yeah. I have them a little higher just because. I think they're even better now that Fatal Push is in the format, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Here they are. Yeah. All right. All right, my number four. Yeah, what do you got? Number four, best sacrifice out in the format. Probably has killed more people than you're going to give it Viscera credit for. Seer. You turd. <laughs> this was like t- card 27 on my list. I was like, I was like, Viscera Seer, and then I just like laughed out loud. I was like, there's no way. That's ridiculous. It's it's the best sack outlet in the format. Oh. There is a while, there is there is a significant while where it was the best one drop in the format. Greater Gargadon's a better sack outlet. No, it's not. You're yes, it wrong. Is. Yes, it is. How many how many pro tour <laughs> top eight, how many top eight decks in the history of the format can you get pat, on your hand? Can you even count to five that have played spawning, Greater Gargadon? Spawning pits a better like, sack maybe outlet. Maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you're right. <laughs> Viscerasir has gone one card banned. <laughs> yeah, Viscerasir is really good. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it to you. Uh, there, yeah. That's for people who don't know. It's really important in the Malira combo decks. Uh, Are you proud of yourself? Yeah, I'm proud of it. I got it. <laughs> I told you a long time ago in this episode. Which felt like a long time ago that you would laugh at me on my number four. <laughs> yeah, well, so our top three are exactly the same then. So it's just a question of order. I, so I think. What was your number four again? Fatal Push. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So my three, I'm assuming they're probably the same, but I could what, be wrong. What's your number three? My number three is Dark Confidant. Yeah, my number three is Dark yeah, Confidant. I assume. All right. Yeah. Uh, this is the the fourth of the, the, the. Currently, there are four of five two drops that are the best two drops in each color. Uh, Dark Confidant is the black one. For those who don't know, Stoneforge Mystic is white, Snapcaster Mage is blue. And Tarmogoyf is green. There are a few candidates for a red, and I will say that none of them have really actually achieved that the status. Two, the two top ones have been yeah. Young Pyromancer and Eidolon of Great Revel. But Eidolon is such a weird card because of its type that it doesn't feel like it's quite right. Yeah, and it only sees play and burn. Like it, it, Eidolon would need to be a more ubiquitous card. Uh, Pyromancer, Pyromancer is very deck specific, and, and then, it also isn't that good. And people for a second pay. there, when it got printed, did think that there was a it's chance. Also not a rare, which is like a weird sticking point. But imagine if they printed that in Modern Masters four, and it was mythic. Like all yeah. these other cards are like, oh yeah, those are all mythic cards. Yeah, not. I don't think any either. Idolon of the Great Rebels could be a mythic. That's yeah. like Idolon is closer to me than this is. Idolon probably will be a mythic because no. it's such a strange card Maybe. type. Yeah, but, yeah, and. Um, but then what I was going to say is the third one that I know people have considered before is the Origins card, uh, the two one for one with prowess that when it enters yeah, the battlefield pl- that like got played yeah. for like a week and then hasn't seen play. What the heck is the name of that card? Uh, yeah, that's why it's not one of the yeah. top five. <laughs> well, no, I just but I mean like when you if you think about that card for a second, I wish I could think of its name, but it's like right there in my head. But in any way, in any case, that card that I'm talking about, it's designed to basically be that card. Because it's got the same 2-1 prowess. It's got an interesting ability. It creates card advantage. It's just like... Not it's something enough. Yeah, and it's something like you don't really want to get... You don't want to have to... Like, you don't want to rely on red for that effect. Like yeah. You want Snapcaster Mage to be doing that historically with Cataxian Probe or getting back a Serum Visions or I'm like... I'm trying to think, like, what card, what red type effect. I wouldn't hate, like, uh, Faithless Looting on a, on, for, on a 2-1 for red. I think that would be kind of sweet. Um, when it enters, you get a faithless looting. Yeah, or when it enters, you get a like a reverse faithless looting, even where like you discard a, two yeah. cards and draw two cards. Um, Would that be good enough? Yeah, two one for two when it enters, you discard two, draw two. Like. Not just because Vengevine is my favorite, one of my favorite cards, and it would be sweet with Vengevine. I think that would be fine. I think that'd be sweet. I think like a some type of like a shock, like a mini. Um, 
What's the four two that you kill a creature when it enters play? Does oh, damage? flame tongue kavu. Yeah, like a mini flame tongue kavu, a shock kavu. Yeah, I, I would say like I would say like um, probably what you'd what you'd want would be two one for two intimidate. And when it enters, well, intimidate's not in effect anymore. It'd be menace, and that oh yeah, yeah. Bad. That, that's what I mean. Sorry, sorry, menace. Um, yeah, I think I think it, if it was a two one for two with menace, and you discard two, or you sorry, you discard one, draw two, that'd be just that would be just way too good. You're discarding one card. Well, that's a card. Like that. That's that's um. What's it called? What's the card called? That's a that's a I mean not a creature it's just a spell that draw discard a card and draw two that's like a, a completely serviceable playable effect. Yeah, the, you're talking about there's the, like a few of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, right, yeah. Right. But uh, so I'm saying so on a creature I think that like on a, I, I think uh, I would rather it be first strike I think. Than, okay, than so menace. two one for two with first strike discard one draw two that'd be sweet at rare. Yeah, that feels like a card that would be like pushed and powerful and standard and but probably fair. good enough for modern and would go down as the fifth one. Because you could play that, it, it fits what red sort of the, the reverse looting effect that red's supposed to be doing now. Like that feels like the card they should print, yeah. and for some reason they don't want to go there yet. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I don't either. Um, oh but God, back with, to dark confidant with snapcaster mage, that card would be so disgusting. Yeah, Discard that a card really cool. and draw two. Yeah, and lingering souls. I think that card's really powerful, but yeah. I don't think it's any. I don't think it's too powerful. If you could play a deck with four of those and four snaps, like yeah, that'd, that'd be really be, good. Ugh. Uh, but like gut shot kills everything in that deck. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but uh, back to Dark Confidant, <laughs> who we should be talking about. He, would you say he's the best card draw spell in the format? Um, no, Maybe no. What, what card would you say is better at card draw than him? I can't think of one. Like best card draw spell in the format. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's true. Like, not, not card selection, but actual straight card draw. Yeah, yeah. Like Faithless Looting might be better, arguably. Like Serum Visions, because it's more like playable in multiple but decks. Not, like, yeah, yeah, selection. The card um, advantage is, I think, card yeah. draw, not necessarily like. Yeah, maybe Bob is. Maybe Bob is card advantage because I mean, you're paying life for it, but like. The reason you have to kill them is if you don't, they win because they've drawn cards. <laughs> there was de- there's definitely been a weird there's definitely been a weird like revisionist history on how good this card is because for a long, long, long time this was like one of those like top five cards ever. It was like one of those cards that would show up in every competitive yeah. legacy and modern list, and it was like staple card in Jund. And then something weird happened around the time that that uh, Abzan got popular, and it, the price started to go down. Well, Lingering Souls and Tassiger. Tassiger's the big one, because Tassiger and this can't see play together, and so if a deck is playing Tassiger, this can't be in that deck. Yeah. Because I have you ever have you flipped ever flipped one? a Tassiger with Bob? It's like not a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess like a punch it's in like, the stomach. Oh, eight eight damage. Yeah. <laughs> I just went from winning this to definitely losing. Yeah. Um But but yeah, I mean Yeah, I think it's I think it's still really, really, really yeah. good. It yeah, it might be the best card advantage creator because of the rate. I just I just so I, I you know, I'm a Jun player and I just literally put for a while, I was only playing two kind of Dark Confidants. He's really good right now. The fact that, like, Fatal Push is around, and so now a lot of my deck is just removal spells that are, like, one or three mana. Mm. Like, he just upped, and I, like, I cut one Kalidus, and I cut uh, the um, Grim Flares, and just, like, just I mean, when maxed I was playing, out on, on Dark Confidants. When I was playing Superior Burning Coco, I mean, that was what we eventually came to, was that just played our confidant. I think it was playing four. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like it's just really good. Yeah, it's just a super yeah. solid card. Um yeah. So what's your number two? 
Uh, my number two is Inquisition of Kozilek and Thoughtseize. Me too! The combo, yeah. Uh, the reason they're combined, is it's really just a metagame call. Normally it's like, I'm going to play five or six discard spells, and it's going to be a mix of these depending on either how good is Burn or how good is things that are playing Tassiger or things that are four mana. Yeah. So like, They're good right now, too. They're, yeah, playing, yeah. they're seeing a lot of play right now. Uh, what do you like more, generally? Um, <sighs> like, without knowing what the format looks like, if you had to choose... Inquisition. Inquisition? Okay. Um, but it's tough because... I'm a, th- a thoughts guy. So this is what I would do. I always would build with Inquisition as my four of to begin with. I always would build with Inquisition as a four and thoughts okay. as a one or two. But if I'm not playing a deck that's like a heavy discard deck, if yeah. I'm playing a deck that like maybe plays four of one of them in the sideboard, I'm going to play four Thoughtseize in my sideboard. I'm not going to play four Inquisition. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, because um, Thoughtseize is... The decks that these are amazing against, Thoughtseize is better against, but Inquisition of Kozak is better against more of the field, I think yeah. you can say. I think I like uh, I like, I like like Thoughtseize more, and the same reason that if I were to choose between Lightning Bolt, Path, or Fatal Push, I yeah. would choose Path every time. The drawback on Path and, and, and Thoughtseize are so much worse than the other options, but... Being able to just, no matter what I'm facing, always have an answer that will just stop them. Like, this will work. There's nothing that can kind of get around this is, like, really... I'd rather have that in a vacuum, and I'd rather just have that in general. You like mentioned Path just murders everything. You also <laughs> mentioned that starting at 15 in this format is common, and that's because Thoughts he's off of a fetch and shock. And that, sometimes yeah. I like to not have to start at 15. It's yeah. a little nicer to start at 17. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to our number one. How are they going to is... burn you if they got rid of the, the cards in their hand that are going to burn you out? <laughs> Our clear number one, Liliana of the Veil. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's we, the it's the best black card of the format. Uh, iconic. It's funny every time we do a list, every time we do a countdown, every time we do anything, it just comes down to talking about the same five cards over and over again. How many times have we talked about Lightning Bolt at the top of a list? How many times have we talked about Serum Visions? How many times have we talked about Liliana? I like, mean, that's only because we did our top five pl- cards, top we, hundred cards ever. We ranked they, the Planeswalkers. And we ranked one drops and we've done commons and we've done Planeswalkers. Planeswalkers. So like, <laughs> yes, we've talked Red about cards. these. What's cool about, like, what I do like about these episodes is our, like, top tens end up being really a top 15 cards in modern because yeah. our top... 10 through 6 are normally pretty different. Yeah. And then our top 5s are pretty much close to yep. the same. And then, like, it's kind of seeing how we rate each other. That's why, I, kind of, I mean, these are the episodes great. Yeah. For those who don't know, Liliana the Veil is two black, one colorless, plus one discard. Every player discards a card, minus two target player sacks a creature, and minus five. Minus six. Separate, minus six, separate cards into piles, and they sack one of their choosing. She's really good. She's format defining. She's the best planeswalker. She is the best performing planeswalker ever printed. Yeah, because Jace is because Jace is banned and everything. <laughs> yeah. um, and she's not better than Jace, but she's totally different than Jace. She's got a completely different. Yeah, I think they're play and I think pattern. They're possibly closer than maybe people give credit yeah, to. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Like, Liliana's really like good. If you look at Legacy, both see a ton of play. Like it's not like one is just so much better than the other. Miracles is a better deck than Liliana deck, so I'll give that credit. Well, Liliana also interacts with a different zone, which is it interacts with first of all your graveyard. They kind of interact with the same zone. Well, Liliana well, interacts sure. with your graveyard, which is something that is unique and and powerful and and sets you up for your big turn four play. It, they're 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 like it's interesting because if you take the cycle of life of a card, yeah. they both interact with the two opposite sides of it. Yeah, because they like they're both very much they both deal with your hand. And then Jace deals with the top of the deck, and Liliana deals with the graveyard, and then they both yeah. deal with the hand and one thing in play, because Jace has a bounce effect, and Liliana has a sacrifice effect. Yeah. But then Jace eats your graveyard, and Liliana eats... it, Or Jace eats your library, and Liliana eats your graveyard. Right. Or fills them, whatever, yeah. Totally. They're like really actually kind of mirror each other in a kind of a great way. I, I, I haven't even thought about that. I like mm. that. Sweet. 
In the story, they're like off and on, on and on. So I'm like all about that now, even more than I was a hot second ago. So it would be a hot second. That's our 10. <laughs> um, and now before we get into our battle, we're going to battle off our five honorable mentions. We're going to yeah. do, do a couple other things really quickly. Um, the first one is I mentioned this and I think this is really fun. And if you are a listener of this show and you possibly listen to my other show, which is Action Movie Anatomy, where we talk about action movies, you'll find this particularly amusing. I played this for Kessler and... Uh, he enjoyed it. I'm just going to play it speaker straight into the mic because uh, we don't want to do all the other stuff. Straight setup. into the mic. Straight into the mic. Um, and it's awesome. And um, the question is, the film The Rock. Do you guys know the film The Rock? Because I do. It's one of my favorite movies ever made. And uh, the question was, here you go. I'm just going to play this right now because it's the best. Okay, Ben. I want to cross the streams between your multiple media endeavors. So I also listen to your podcast, Action Movie Anatomy. I love it. And I started listening to it because you plugged it on the Masters of Modern for your 50th episode where you reviewed The Rock, which is my favorite movie of all time. So here's my question. If Stanley Goodspeed, a.k.a. Nicolas Cage, and John Mason a.k.a. Sean Connery, were to sit down at a modern tournament and play a game of magic, what deck would each of them run, who would win the match, and what would the decisive play be in the final game? I hope you post this, man. If it's fun, let me know, and I can probably think of more quirky things like this. I'm loving the show, man. I can't wait to see what else you do with it. So that was Brandon S. Russell calling in on my anchor station, uh, 10 Minutes of Magic, which is awesome and I'm really enjoying doing. Asking a sweet question. Now, Kessler's never seen The Rock. Never actually seen but The do, Rock. Do I have strong opinions that it's yes. a spinoff of James Bond? You think that it's the James Bond? Yeah. So um, It perfectly fits, Ben. It yeah. perfectly no, fits. No, I like the theory. It's a good yeah, theory. Yeah. So that was call of the week. I'm going to be doing one of those every week. I'm going to be taking my favorite call-in of the week. And uh, the answer of the question... Call of the week! Answer the question. I'm going to come with a cool little... Yeah, a little drop? Yeah, yeah. Do you have any answer to that question? Here's my answer. So I think that it would have to be... John Mason would have to play some sort of like old school has been working since the beginning deck. So I think he would either be playing mono red. I think he would either be playing mono red or he'd be playing some like rinky dink, like, like white blue control deck with like Sarah angel or something like that. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I think burn is, I think a burn deck is kind of, I agree with that. It's not classy enough. Like I no. because in my head, he's James Bond. I want to say he'd be playing something more like a mono black kind of like, he escaped, from, he escaped from Alcatraz several times, like back in the seventies. So, uh, yeah, like sneaky, sneaky. Mo- oh, John, I can see John. Like that's a deck that's just been like good in the format in an efficient way and in a brutal way. Oh yeah, maybe that's maybe that's more. It's just would, like he like has been playing with the same pistol and the same Aston Martin since nineteen like fifty five. So for some reason, <laughs> I really like the idea of him playing like an old blue white deck that has like Sarah Angel. He's like convinced that it's, it's still it's what, good. Like, it's, it's either that or like yeah, snap paths. Yeah, like, something like that. And then I think Stanley Goodspeed is going to play pro- probably Infect because he's a poison specialist. Yeah, he's, definitely Infect. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. He's and that's like that's probably what it is. Um, and then as far as the decisive turn, I think there's no question that uh, that that um, Mason's going to go for like he's going to go for like the kill with like thinking that he's got it or something like that. Okay. And then I think probably Goodspeed has like 
the free he has like pact of negation and 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 good and like mason's or, like yeah like uh, just either of the packs but he like doesn't know gender, yeah. he like doesn't know the card exists or something like that and good speed goes for the win the next turn and then they i don't know something like that that's just like think. in the jund world because that's what i'm going to talk to he just like has tarmogoyf in play but like no flying blockers and he's like i got this swings with yeah and they're just like pact of uh Slaughter pack, slaughter pack, yeah, and it's just like, oh, and he doesn't even play black in his deck. He just like somehow, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so and that's probably yeah, that's probably how, and he yeah. loses the game because that's what Nick Cage would do in that movie. He's like kind of, uh, nah, it's not true. He would save the day anyway. That's uh, thank you for the call in, Brandon yeah, S. Russell. Yeah. Thanks for the call of the week. We're gonna do more of those each week. So so go follow me on Anchor. Go download the app and follow Ten Minutes of Magic and call in, and you might just find yourself featured on here. All right, so we're going to be quick on this. And the way this works is uh, we will give each other's... We have we have five cards that are underplayed in the color black in modern. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are more like favorite cards. So we do this because we like cool cards, not just best cards. Yep. Uh, and we're going to each say a number and then have 30 seconds to discuss it. And the other person will be timing the other person. You don't start the timer until you've explained what, what the, card the card does. does Correct. And yes. then we're going to post these on Twitter um, when this episode goes live. Yep. Uh, and, and battle them off. And whoever... Whoever wins gets to buy the other person dinner. I have currently not lost. <laughs> and we've done this like 12 times. It's because I like sweeter cards than Kessler. And by that, he likes bad <laughs> cards. And my cards are the... My cards are good, but sweet. I'm going to come out right out the gates with just a straight like punch to the jaw right now. All right. My number one card is Bitter Blossom. One black, one colorless for a tribal enchantment fairy at the beginning of your upkeep. You lose life and put one, one black fairy creature token, a rogue token on the battlefield with flying. Look, guys, I don't think I need to explain to you that this card is super good. The reason it falls on this list is because it hasn't traditionally been like actually a dominant card. It's just a good card. Um, it works really well with fairies. It obviously works really well on the rogue archetype that I think is so good. And generally speaking, Bitter Blossom is one of the better control cards you can be playing. It gives you infinite sack outlets turn after turn, or creatures to sack. It's just- <laughs> Bitter Blossom is good. <laughs> what do you got? All right. If you just changed it because if you just changed your list because of that, no, I'm, I literally have mine. Do you have yours written down so you can't change them? Perfect, right me too. I All would right, ruin you. <laughs> <laughs> my number five. Yeah. this was originally at nauseum before you put it in your mm-hmm. top ten list, so I did change it then, but I didn't know if that player was on. All right, it is, and I have to get the card up so I can read it. Hold on one second, quickly. What? 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 Stalling. Stalling. Do, 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 do. There we go. All right, it is Giroff's messenger. Is it triple black, 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 creature zombie, Garros messenger enters the battlefield tapped. When he enters the battlefield, target opponent loses two life, undying. So that means when he dies, he comes back with a plus one, plus one counter on him. Yeah. So that's, that's, and he's a three, two. Sweet. You ready? Good story. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So Garros messenger, well, there's three factors. One, he's a zombie, which is really sweet. Two, he's like a very, very, very good value engine. And three, he's got triple devotion. So I'm talking mono black zombie, devotion. Let's do a bunch of damage. Let's play a Grey Merchant after this and do 10 damage to target player's face, gain a bunch of life. He was also kind of a Kitchen Finks light. Uh, there was a time in Modern where it was like, is Kitchen Finks or Joust Messenger better? And I think it's time to bring him back. Undying is a very strong ability. Uh, nice one, Kiss. Yeah. It's a good card. I don't think it's as good as Bitter Blossom, but you know, we'll see what Twitter has to say about that. Yeah, but I think this is sweeter than Bitter Blossom. <laughs> I think that you are wrong. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with my next one, and this is an exciting one. Uh, totally off the wall, um, not even close to as uh, recognizable as Bitter Blossom. It's a card I like to call Marilyn of the Mourn Song. 
Black, 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 black <laughs> one for a 2-3 elf one. wizard. Legendary creature. Players can't draw cards. At the beginning of each player's draw step, that player loses three life, searches her library for a card, puts it into his or her hand, and then shuffles his or her library. This is a weird card, Start. but this is... This is a card that like definitely needs to be explored more. It does something totally, totally, totally unique. And also, if you can do it correctly, allows you to control the flow of the game. So you definitely have to have some sort of protection or something in play before this card starts. You have to have a plan, obviously. But you can't find me a card that does this. This is the only thing in Modern that does this. And it's also not outrageous. It's not like playing a four or five drop. It's a three drop. Like, it's a totally reasonable card, and it's an elf, which means you can build around it and play Cavern of Souls. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love this card. All right. Uh, how many times you have love... you cast that card, and the opponent just tutors a removal spell before you get to do anything with it? Well, I've never cast it in Modern, so... Uh... <laughs> I haven't either. I've cast it in, in Commander, and it always is just like... Just, oh, just gets killed. Just, everyone yeah. gets a cool card, and then the last person gets a removal spell, and I'm sad. Yep. Uh, all right, number four. Yep. My, my, my battle. Let me get to the card so I read it correctly and I don't misuse it. This one's a sweet one. I have, I have this one in the bank. It's Blood Artist. Oh, one yeah. back, one colorless vampire. <laughs> when Blood Artist or another creature dies, target player loses one life and you gain one life, zero, one. Ready, set, go. Uh, this is just the best drain card in the format. It triggers so well off of all cards dying. They now have a total of eight cards in the format, so you can go really sweet and deep into this deck strategy. One of the coolest things you can probably do is collect a company versions of this deck, where then just like eventually just doing anything loses a player five life. This card is really cool, really great value engine, one of the best cards to play Aristocrats deck, and the only reason Aristocrat decks ever really work. Plus, he's painting a painting with blood in the picture. The art is amazing. This card's great. That's all. I, I, Blood Artist speaks for itself. Ah, this card's amazing. I love Blood Artist. I'm such a fan. <laughs> such a sweet card. Um, I mean, Marilyn of the Morn Song is a sweeter card, but Blood Artist is really uh, good. I don't know. I think you just gave me the, the round. Everyone, I think Twitter will agree. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with uh, this is going to be my, I think this is going to probably be my, my nice uh, kind of soft middle. Okay. Um, you know, buried in the middle here. It's a card called Gouldra's Assassin. Um, one black for a 1-1 one, one vampire assassin with level up. Its level up cost is black and a colorless. Um, so at level 2 and 3, he has the ability of tap a black and tap him. Target creature gets disfigured. And he's a 2-2. Two, two. Mm-hmm. And then at level 4 plus, he's a 4-4 four, four that has the same ability, except its target creature gets minus 4, minus 4 to one turn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too mana intensive to be good in modern, except if you play it in a control shell, it's so good. It's such a sweet mana sink. It's a 1-1 one, one for 1 that for like... If you have a, if you have extra mana, it turns into a four four that grasps of darknesses when it taps. I mean, it's not Deathrite Shaman by any means, but it definitely has like very powerful implications in a format like this. And I don't think it ever sees gets the respect that it deserves. I think this card's really good, especially because uh-huh. it's, it's a vampire. Yeah, yeah. All right, that card. Have, you ever, have you ever gotten lightning bolted after light, leveling up a creature? Look, you would never ever do it if they had open mana and you. Th- this is a control card. You yeah, would but drain even, their- like, even if like you just like do that and then they untap. <laughs> it's you would drain their hand. Look, Kessler. Just- <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you'd play it with training ground so that you right. could level them up for one black. <laughs> All right, get ready with your timer. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Liliana Heretical Healer. This is creature Liliana, black, oh, black, colorless, lifelink. When shit. another token, non-token <laughs> creature you control dies, exile Liliana Heretical Healer. Then return her to the battlefield, transformed under her owner's control. If you do, put a two-two black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. Uh, her planeswalker side is plus two. Each player discards a card. Minus X, return target non-legendary creature card with converted mana cost X from the graveyard to the battlefield. And minus eight, you get an emblem. Whenever a creature dies, return her to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step she comes in with three loyalty 
This card is amazing. I mean, like, it kind of plays like a little bit of a mini birthing pod where you get to kind of play this cool game where you have a creature, sack something else with this Viscerous Seer that's in my top four black cards, then she comes back, buys you the creature that you sacked, gaining you a ton of value. She plays the Liliana of the Veil game plan of discarding your opponent's hand so they never do anything, lets you discard creatures to your graveyard to bring back. She's just this pure, little succinct little Planeswalker value engine that comes with a free zombie. The zombie just hangs out to protect her. Ah. Yeah, it's a really sweet card. Yeah, it's really good. I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ghoul Draws Assassin. That's a tough matchup for me. (laughs) It's a tough matchup. Yeah, the nice thing for you is that you lobbed like your mid card wasn't yeah, like I think you're you're okay there. Like yeah. I think that was your like I'm just sacrificing. This yeah, <laughs> I think Gouldraw Assassin is sick, and I think people like that card. Um, all right, I'm gonna go with my my next one is going to be Relentless Dead, a card that I love that I wish saw more play. This card is so cool. Um, so Relentless Dead is a mythic rare. It is a two two for black and a black with Intimidate. Um, it's a zombie. It has menace. And when Relentless Dead dies, you may pay one black if you do return it to its owner's hand. When Relentless Dead dies, you may pay X if you do return another target zombie creature card with convert amount cannot X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. This card is really, really, really powerful. And it's the only reason this hasn't seen play in modern, I think, is nobody's figured out an effective way to make zombies good. We, but there, yep. there's some crazy stuff you can do with this card. First of all, Scab Ruinator is a zombie. So <laughs> if Relentless Dead dies and you pay three, you get a 5-6 flyer onto the battlefield seems pretty good to me there's like two different or three different zombie lords that are playable in modern this is just like a repeatable when it dies comes back card you can get value sacrificing it and paying to get it back sack engines this card's sick and you know it that was my basketball you know you love this card versus the other type of horn basketball horn's way better than my like that I don't know that hurts my voice more come at me son Uh, I do love Relentless Dead I I think we have a sweet zombie list in our top 10 black (laughs) cards Liliana Relentless Dead Geralt's Messenger yeah it's like a sweet Um, alright you ready yeah let me get to the card art so I don't read it incorrectly especially this has some weird rules interactions alright Marilyn of the Mourns. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Necrotic Ooze. Oh, sweet! Necrotic Ooze is two black, two colorless. As long as Necrotic Ooze is on the battlefield, it has all activated abilities of all creature cards in all graveyards. It is a 4-3. Uh, one of the cooler things you can do with this card now is you can play it with um, our good friend Walking Ballista. But really the point of thing is if you get two cards that have activated abilities that combo off to go infinite in your graveyard, you go infinite with Necrotic Ooze. And there's like... 12 different combinations of these cards. It's a really cool value engine deck. So right now, we're just kind of waiting for the right specific two cards uh, to be printed that kind of combo in a way that are also good early game because previously the issue is like Triskelion is bad as just a six drop you're playing. But now that we have Walking Ballista, that might uh, up the ante. So we just need the right cards. Yeah, Necrotic Ooze is sick. That's a sweet card. <laughs> That's a really sweet card. I was like, I don't think there's any sweet black cards. I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was definitely, I was kind of wrong with that. Um, all right, so my final card that's going to be going up against Necrotic Ooze, and I'm sorry, Alex, because. Uh, wait, I have one more card after Necrotic Ooze. What? You, that was my number two. Oh, were you just fighting that against? Yeah. Oh, I think you're wrong. What did I just do before that? We did. Gar- oh, I did Relentless Dead. You were just fighting that against Relentless Dead because I went first. Yeah, that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is my last card. Um, so my final card is, I hope it's the same card as yours because that would be hilarious. I have a feeling it is. I just have a sneaking suspicion. Yeah, I might. I think it's just true. It costs black, 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 
no, for a five no, five trample oh, <laughs> phyrexian obliterator when a source deals damage to phyrexian obliterator that source's controller sacrifices that many permanents you cannot bolt me without sacking three lands it is a five five trample horror with some of the sickest mm. card art i've ever seen i've never i've never had a foil of this card but this is one of those cards that it's a 31 dollar card and I would love to own a foil of this card. It's actually probably another one of the reasons that Phyrexian, uh, that new Phyrexia is so expensive. I didn't realize it was so expensive. I mean, I don't think there's really much to say about this card other than the fact that it's triple black for a really powerful, uh, quadruple black for a really powerful card. Like, this is in the same vein as Messenger and Gary and all that. <laughs> Card's a beast. Uh have you ever fought with an obliterator? Because it's sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, like, Dami Raid or Arena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, uh, what's it called? Pit Fight. Yeah, I mean, there's like... The Command. Dromoka's Command. Dromoka's Command. With this card is oh, sick. Yeah. All right. Yeah, card's sick. Mine's, mine's, mine's cooler. Yours is probably better. All right. Mine's Black Black Colorless. Legendary Creature Zombie Knight. Hack on Stormgald Scourge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you may play Hack on Stormgald Scourge from your graveyard, but not from anywhere else. As long as Hack on is in play, you may play night cards from your graveyard. When Hack on is put into a graveyard from play, you lose two life. Three, three. The two sick things you can do with this guy, the main one is you can play Nameless Inversion and Crib Swap, which because they are uh, tribal um, spell or uh, shapeshifters, so you can you can play them. They, they are technically knights. Changelings, thank you. They're, so they're, they're all card types. You can play knight cards from your graveyard, and the other one is you can play Knight of the Reliquary. So the deck I want to build out of this is a deck that just mills yourself a ton, do the dredge thing, and then you get this and a Knight of the Reliquary and play, and Knight's big because there's a bunch of lands there, but he just lets you play really sweet stuff. And Nameless Aversion on loop and Crypt Swap on loop is just like very powerful. Yeah, very good. Agreed. The card's sweet. Yeah. You I didn't mean, even time me. That's a t- I don't even get it. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. No, you're just because the last card. Obliterator and Hakon. You just like, want to hear me talk about Hakon. Obliterator and Hakon as a, as a matchup. Is a, that's a really good fifth matchup. Yeah, Because yeah. I feel like I'm fans are going to really like those both of those cards yeah, a lot. Yeah. There's no chance that Ghoul Draws Assassin has a shot. I need to stop pulling <laughs> I need to stop pulling my punches with one of my cards. Um, that really should have just been Hunted Horror, and I should have just gone for it again. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think your my Garros Messenger was probably my weakest, and but that was because it replaced that nauseum. Yeah, but, yeah, which I think is fair. And then just like yeah, my other four cards are it's okay. All like, if I won, it would it would it would destroy the tradition. The, yeah, yeah, we have a tradition. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, guys, that's gonna wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, that's the episode. So last but not least, go find us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the MMcast. It helps us stay in business. Yep. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the MMcast. And uh, I, yeah, and I've said it like six times this episode, but I'm loving Ten Minutes of Magic. It's really fun. And if yeah, you go check it out. It's really cool. It's really cool. I do like I do like the whole kind of app and the whole idea behind yeah. it. I'll probably start once again. Tweet at us. Question of the week is what type of ten minute ep- like mini podcast show should Alex start? Yeah, definitely. Because by Alex, I mean me. Because you, the way it works <laughs> is if you if you hear something you like it, you just record into your phone your thought. You call in and I hear it and I can play it on my station. So if Alex and I both had stations of like something the other was interested in, we could call in and yell at each other all the yeah. time and feature each other's calls. It'd be really fun. So the more of you guys that get on it, though, the more like. I've had a few a few MMcast listeners now that have been calling in regularly and posting their thoughts, nice. and that's really fun. It yeah. means like I can directly interact in a way beyond Twitter. So uh, go download the app, Ten Minutes yeah. of Magic. It's great. And, and last but not least, follow us on Instagram. Yes, we post sweet pictures there sometimes. It's cool. Yeah, definitely. So All right. thanks, guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator. <laughs>